This podcast is brought to you by GG Poker. GG Poker won huge tournaments and hold the Guinness World Record for the largest prize pool for an online poker tournament. As the world's biggest online poker room, GG Poker are making poker fun again. GG Poker offers exciting game formats and software features that aren't available anywhere else. So why play anywhere else? Plus, if you're new to GG Poker, get £60 free play when you make your first deposit of £10 or more. Players must be 18 plus. Full terms and conditions apply. Please see ggpoker.co.uk for details. BeGambleAware.org. Please play responsibly. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back to A Celtic State of Mind. My name is Paul John Dykes and I do have a full house here with uh, John Hughes, Chris McElwain and the soon-to-arrive Jerry Taylor. He's sitting in the green room just, uh, you know, fixing his hair and making sure everything's uh, perfect before he comes in. And we're going to give him a big uh, return to the stage. We were actually thinking, guys, about doing the old uh, grace. We were all going to sing grace, uh, a four-piece what do you call that, Jerry? A quartet. We're going to do a, a wee bit of grace. I want to start with that. I think it's brilliant. Yeah. Is the hair all right? Fine, yeah. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> We're good. And, and I can see that you're in the rehearsal room there, Jerry. What are you yeah. rehearsing for? I'm in, I'm in Studio 893. This is where we do all the stuff for Ayrshire Youth Theatre and for rehearsals for the shows. So, nice. we've seen change today. Love it. Love it. John, um, the Green Brigade have been hammered. Uh, none more so than this season with the, the kind of lengthy ban at the stadium. It felt at that time that there was, uh, you know, the, there was a fractured nature between the club and the fan base. I don't think it's been uh, been fixed, but the Green Brigade are back and they have announced today that they're going to do a protest with a twist. Um, and I think it's uh, only fitting that they're going to do this for all the, the Palestinians who have been murdered over the last, listen, over the last uh, number of decades, never mind over the last few months. Um, and I think that the Green Brigade have obviously taken a wee step back and thought, how can we still protest without getting into trouble, without getting banned? And I'll, I'm all for it. So we're going to have a rendition of Grace um, as we kick off tomorrow, John. What's your thoughts on it? Well, if you know, you know the lyrics, they're on the wall behind me, uh, imprinted over the uh, picture of Celtic Park there. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what their plans are, but I mean, we do have to keep uh, protesting this. I mean, we're at we're at the point now, quite frankly, where like any uh, nation with a conscience, uh, we should be in a flat out, almost apartheid ban. Uh, we we shouldn't have anything to do with uh, Israeli athletes, Israeli clubs, uh, competitions that Israeli clubs are allowed to enter. The, the whole shooting match yeah, it should be exactly the way it was in apartheid. And the younger kids probably think, well, obviously apartheid was, you know, literally a black and white issue. It was, you know, it was easy to uh, it was easy to sort out. But, you know, if you're old enough, you remember that wasn't the case at all. It wasn't the case at all. There was huge, huge opposition 
to um, to overall bans on uh, uh, there was rebel rugby tours, rebel cricket tours. There was um, you know Maggie Thatcher wasn't having it, um, you know. So that even in something as obvious as you know subjugating an entire population based on the colour of their skin, you couldn't get agreement, um, and would be dragged in at the death. But I mean, again, I'm I'm beyond. Um, I think as a couple of people have noticed, I tweeted about the thing the other night. Um, I'm not going to go over the top here. This is not my platform, Paul. So, you know, if anyone wants to see what I think about it, they can go on my Twitter timeline. Uh, but I, I'm beyond worrying about the, the the feelings of anyone except those people uh, in Gaza who are being slaughtered. Uh, so, uh, you know, I don't really care about you know what a privileged football player feels or uh, what any other Israeli athlete feels about not being able to compete. Uh, you know that's just tough. That's the consequences of your actions. And uh, if I'm sure the people of Gaza would love to have that option. Um, so look, you know I, I have very very strong feelings in the subject. I think we're way way past the point of you know this being more important than football. Uh, so. You know, whatever the Green Brigade can do to, to protest, they should do because we know that those protests have been appreciated. They've been picked up all around the world. You know, so the Green Brigade stand as making an example at the uh, sporting events of how to protest this. Mm-hmm. And it has been appreciated all around the world by pretty much all right thinking people. And, you know, those people who are opposed to it are generally people you wouldn't want on your side. You wouldn't want to be agreeing with you in anything anyway, because if they agree with you, it probably means you're in the wrong. Um, so, you know, as I say, whatever the Green Brigade can do, I'm 100% behind it. Yeah, and as you say, when people disagree with you, John, you know um, that the right people are disagreeing with you. And there was a wee bit of disagreement yesterday, Jerry. I decided to have a, a wee chat with the guys at Sky, and um, it rumbled on, let's just say, on the old socials, didn't it? <laughs> It's been glorious. Talk about rattles. Oh, mate. Mate, I've never seen so many toys out of pram in my life. First off, very articulate, very well spoken, but the fact that rattled so many of them. I've actually got, you got to laugh at some of the 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 artists online for the memes that they've been doing of you, especially you and John. I've got that as my screensaver now. I'm, I'm not even joking. It made me chuckle. But it just shows you when they've got nothing else, that's what they attack, isn't it? You're personally they attack you. Absolutely, aye. Your appearance, I, your accent, everything. Aye. I thought you did us all really proud, mate. I, I got quite... Aye, sense of pride watching it. I thought you, you did excellent. The wee wry smile on your face at times when you were delivering some of your dialogue was just exquisite. So, well done to you, mate. Well done to you. It was just in the timing. But the thing is, I I just look at a lot of the the feedback, let's call it feedback, Chris, that you get from these things, and um, I just don't understand the narrative. And that that is why we're leading today with with panic. Um, I was here another day. We as a football club or as a fan base are panicking at the moment, Chris. And I, I tend to look at the situation with, you know, Celtic fans being very vocal. And that's exactly what we've opened up with with John there on a different on a different subject on on, on the political aspect uh, of the fan base being very vocal, but we're also very vocal with you know when it comes to our own club, and that doesn't mean to say you're panicking. It doesn't mean to say that oh the the Rangers are coming again. It just means that you're looking at the performances, you're looking at the recruitment, you're looking at that kind of aspect of things, um, and it's not a panic. It's just it's just the fan base is very vocal, Chris, and we always have been. Yeah, I completely agree, mate. I think um, you know. I think if you look up the word uh, frustration in the dictionary, you'll not see the word panic in a, uh, you know in the description. Uh, it's two different things, right? Uh, being frustrated because of uh, performances we're seeing, which we we believe can be better, and in fact we know can be better because we've seen it in, in recent seasons with similar personnel. Um, uh, you know the fact that we you know we've you know taken our foot off the gas a little bit and and we've allowed. Uh, uh, the league to become a title race when we were, you know, we were in a really strong position um, uh, before the break, um, and you know, and our issues that through recruitment as well, um, frustration. It's not panic. I don't see anyone panicking, and I think um, I would challenge any supporter of any team that 
is seeing similar to us. I mean, if you look across the water, the other mob, uh, they you tell me they've not been frustrated um, uh, at times. In fact, I would say that you know if we are talking about panic, uh, I would say some of these guys need to look in the mirror. Um, swings and roundabouts, but a bit frustrated with what's what we've been saying. It's not been to the level that we we want and we expect, um, and that's a bit of frustration. And you know what? Now it looks like we're slowly turning the corner again. We're starting to get back on the back on the front foot on the on the the, the pitch. Hopefully that continues. You know, we've ground out a few wins now. Hopefully we can go and get a couple of couple of you know big statement wins, maybe a few goals. Um, get the two playing up front. Hopefully that continues. It sounds like it's gonna. Um, I think you might see the the, the, the frustration or the the, the panic uh, turn into a bit more containment and maybe a bit of a, you know a bit of happiness towards the, the, the end of the season. So panic for me, no. No, so, I would agree it. with that. No panic. Um, I was thinking of a, a Smiths uh, headline there, panic. Obviously after the song, but I thought probably not after uh, Morrissey's most recent political um, leanings. However, what I would do though is I love a cult. I love a cult footballer, John. I've always loved a cult, cult footballer. Um, yes, absolutely. And uh, Jean Paul II is coming in and saying, "What did Paddy McCourt actually do for us apart from one worldly goal in the main boggles? Paddy McCourt is a cult legend, John. Um, he was a guy. And and by the way, I've had loads of discussions about what is a cult. And I, and I say that again, what is a cult, right? Um, and, I, and I think it's like, it's a player, John, who is either blessed with natural talent, but for any number of reasons, laziness, likes a smoke, likes a drink, he's a womanizer, he's a gambler, never quite fulfills the potential, right? Or it could be somebody who um, is not that way blessed, i.e. Tony Ralston, who works so, so hard for the team, always 100%. We'd run through a brick wall for you. Um, Anton Rogan, that type of player, that's a cult hero as well. Or someone who just has a really good relationship with the fans for some some other reason, you know. Um, that would be my definition of a cult hero. And Paddy McCourt is one of them, surely, John. Well, as to what a cult is, obviously it's whatever you say it is, boss. Whatever you say it is. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Nailed it. You nailed it, John. Uh, but uh, yes, uh, Paddy. Paddy is very much one of those. But people, as you say, it's different. It's, it means something completely different in every single scenario, doesn't it? You know, it's, you know, Anton Rogan, as you say, run through a brick wall. Uh, Paddy with that ridiculous talent, that unfulfilled. You know, and it's. The, the cult heroes are never really appreciated in their lifetimes, you know, in their football playing lifetimes, really, you know, for the club. It's only afterwards you think there was something special uh, because at the time they're usually quite frustrating. Yeah. Uh, or there's usually some fairly significant flaws on display, you know. Uh, so I, I would say if you have been labelled a cult hero, you've probably done quite well out of what was maybe quite a dodgy career. That's <laughs> You know, uh, so I, I I think you'd be fortunate with that. But I was at an event with Paddy many moons ago, and um, yeah, he, he spoke well, but uh, he didn't really get much of a word in for John Hartson, who was uh, bevied up in quite a few pints. And this was uh, this was pre-Brendan uh, the first time. And uh, yeah, he had some, once he made sure all the phones were switched off, he had some, he had some interesting points of view about some people. Uh, so... Uh, Paddy wasn't really talking too much that way, much like people on podcasts with me didn't really get a word in. Uh, so, uh, no, as you say, Paul John, it's uh, it, it can be for any number of reasons, and it is legit. What what did he do? Probably not very much, but he was a joy to watch at certain times, you know. It, it and football, right. football's all about the passion for the game. Football's all about the love for the game, and you know, I mean, I remember. Um, Laura taking a whole load of heat because her Twitter handle is Cadetti's girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, people like, there was a guy like psychotically hating when um, George Cadet, absolutely psychotically hating on him, you know, because, you know, the way they left and stuff like that. And so it's it's polar opposites. It's, you know, who, who takes your attention? Usually someone in your era, usually someone when you're growing up, usually someone that you just took a liking to. Um, and for no real reason, because they didn't really do that much, you know. Uh, you don't really get 
I don't think cult heroes in very successful teams. You know, teams that are winning everything. Mm. They're, they're, they're just good players. You know, I don't think you really get cult heroes when, when you're in a massively successful period or a massive, massively successful team. But, you know, I don't know. I was looking the other night at Jamesy Forrest. Um, uh, they, some, one of the other sites did um, who's getting paid the most at Celtic. Yeah. Jamesy Forrest is about number four. So financially speaking, that makes him my cult hero. I'm just going, that, that's, that's, that's quite the gig. Good on you, me man. That is quite the gig. That was quite a final contract. You get drawn up there. So uh, all, all hail Jamesy for that. Uh, good man. That's I bet Peter Lowe thinks he's the right cult, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, Jerry. And that, that is probably why he... Um, refused to leave in January. I think there was a few people uh, lined up to, to take him away and he decided not to go, uh, which is his right, of course it is. Um, and by the way, I'm not going to stop doing this, Chris, but we've got another wee uh, doppelganger for you. Yes. Johnny Bravo. <laughs> yes. Have you had Jedward yet? Oh, I, I could see that. I thought that was too cool, though, uh, Jerry. Johnny Bravo is fine. Johnny Bravo, I mean, that's that's fine. Um, we'll be talking, obviously, about tomorrow's game. I've just had it confirmed. Always got the old Celtic news now ticking away on the sideline here just to see if anything happens. And the Celtic Rangers game has been moved to the Sunday. Sunday the 7th, guys. I don't know if you've seen that before you came on. Um, so, yeah, that that's a wee fixture change for your diaries. We, of course, are going to be doing a few gigs with Paddy in the lead-up to that particular game over that weekend. Um, so let's have a wee look then at the, the line-up for the weekend. Jerry Taylor, uh, I was talking yesterday about leaders, what we need between now and the end of the season. And I think that over the last uh, over the last few weeks, we've seen uh, Joe Hart coming back to the fore in that respect. And uh, Brendan Rodgers has even pinpointed him as being a great influence in the dressing room. Uh, what do you make of his performance? And does he have a future beyond the summer? Is it time for Joe to go? At the end of his contract. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Whoa, see, I've, I've flipped on this one since the beginning of the season, haven't I? We were crying out for a... I was crying out for a, a game-changing goalkeeper, one that would win you three points by himself. However, that's not what we've needed this season. We've needed... An assured head at the back that's going to get us through some of the scrappiest games we've seen in a while. Uh, we've really needed him, haven't we? Between Matt O'Reilly had a good start to the season, but I think it's between Joe Hart and Liam Scales for me for the most consistent of the season. I think they've been fantastic at times. Um, do we see him beyond his contract? I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if they kept him on, but the, the question is, does Joe want to stay as a second? choice goalkeeper. I don't think they would keep him on his first next season, but we've been proved wrong before. Goalkeepers seem to last till about 50, just now, don't they? Anyway, I mean, I'm only 40. I could start my career next season if I wanted to. I just, You've just already started, want... Jerry. You've already started. started I'm still trying to recover for the last game. I'm <laughs> still not quite... Uh, the body's not settled after it. But yeah, I, Jerry, I think, Jerry, you're the cult hero already, I'm sure you're cult, cult status. I'm a, I'm a, do you just call me a cult hero? Yeah, I'll take that. For one game, I did get a yellow card in the game. I'm proud of that one. Um, <laughs> anyway, with Joe Hart, I think credit where it's due. I think he's he's great. This isn't one of these he's great to have around the dressing room because he's, he's good at card tricks. But it's not one of those. But he's, he's a good, mature head with experience that can help the younger guys get through. Um, a lot of the kind of tougher, bigger games maybe help deal with pressure. 
we've got a lot of these games coming up now that I think this. I know you don't like the word roller coaster, but this is not the end. This is going to go up and down for both sides, and it's going to go down to the wire. You can tell by the way both teams. This isn't going to be a case of who was the better team. It was just who was that little less worse this season because none of us are playing great. It's going to be scrappy. It's going to be intense. You know something, lads? I'm here for it all. Because sometimes it got a wee bit boring winning so easily. So now it's nice to get a challenge. I, I just wasn't used to it for a while. And now I'm going, oh, that's what this feeling is, right? It's a challenge. So I'm all for it. Um, I, I'm confident. I think we've got it in the squad to see this through. We've got more experience when it comes to the tail end of the season. And I think that's what's going to get us through. And also the head-to-heads with uh, the other team. I just think we've got a little bit too much for them. We've started to find a little bit of form. Hopefully we've had a slump. They've still to hit theirs under their new manager and I still think that's to come. So yeah, I'm positive, but I am. Uh, it's going to be some wave. It is going to be some wave. And, um, you know, the, the thing I always go back to with regards to Joe Hart is when he came in, we needed someone to steady the ship at the back. Uh, we definitely got it for the first two seasons. But, you know... I'm going to use a term that Ian Conroy uses quite a bit, Chris, and that's rock and roll football. I felt under Ange that Joe Hart was more susceptible to make a mistake, and he did it more and more often. And and we always spoke about it after the game, where he would dilly-dally on the ball. He was trying all sorts. He was taking people on, all the wee back heels and all that kind of stuff. And I actually think that his game's improved since he stopped all that. And he's probably never been keen to do it. It was just the way that, that Ange played the game meant that there was a lot of passing about which involved the goalie. You don't even see him that often now coming right out. Remember, he, he used to come right out and he was part of the press and he was maybe, you know, at the edge of the, the centre circle. You don't see that as often either. So I think that the one thing I would say is that um, he's going to be remembered for the saves this season rather than uh, the mishaps, isn't he? Yeah, uh, I totally agree. Um, it's funny when I think of Joe Hart, you know, in the, the Angiers, and, you know, he'd still had some great performances, some good, uh, you know, saved a lot of good shots, probably saved us a few points. But there's an old only excuse sketch for years ago uh, that, that I always remember, and it's the one where I think it was Oliver Tebley, Um And you get the wee, you know, Celtic fan, he's sitting in the, his couch and the commentary's going and saying, and the ball's going back to Tebley, and the guy's like, oh, you know, back to Tebley. Ugh. And when we were watching Joe Hart, Last season, every time the ball would go back to him, that that was me on the couch. You know, I'm 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 always my right mistake. You know, it was like, no, Joe, just you know, don't get the ball, Joe, get it, get it up. You know, it was it was it used to used to terrify me. So it was a little bit of bomb scare football at times. But I think this season, it looks to me like he's got a more he's got a much simpler role, and it is just you know, command your box, stop the shots coming in, do the the, the more traditional goalkeeper role as opposed to the kind of sweeper keeper. Or, 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 you know, a uh, ball-playing keeper that, that I think Ange expected. And I think he's benefited from it. I think at this point in his career as well, that, that's that's the best role for him. I mean, look, he's he's on the wind down, right? He's, he's probably not get many more years as a, you know, a, 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 the level he's at at the moment. Um, so whether that goes beyond this, this summer or not, I'm not sure. But I agree with Jerry. I think, you know, uh, between now and the end of the season, we're going to rely on guys like Joe Hart, not just for their ability, but I think for their mentality, their mental strength, the fact of being through you know, uh, challenging periods, the fact they've had success, they know how to overcome it. And it's going to be guys like Joe Hart and then some of the guys on field like McGregor, um, Taylor, uh, Kyogo, you know, guys who have been through um, full seasons and gained success at the end of it and know what it takes to go over the line. We're, we're definitely going to rely on them uh, between now and the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, John, I think we were all in unison when it came to what we needed to do with the squad. Goalkeeper was up there, wasn't it, at the beginning of the season? Um, and I think when we were going into January, I didn't have much confidence we were going to do anything because we had another two goalies in, you know, in the building on the books. It wasn't going to happen. Uh, but Brendan has praised Joe Hart for the, the way that he is behind the scenes. And like Jerry says, not because he can do car tricks, the old Roy Keane one there. Uh, it's not about being good, at, good in the dressing room. Um, I, I think he's going to be massive for us, John. Um, how impressed or otherwise have you been with him this season? Well, he's uh, latterly, obviously, goalies like anyone else kind of a change in form. Um, so I think his form has been very good uh, in the last number of games. Um, he's always had the same issue uh, or the same issues like glued to his line, never comes out, doesn't command his box, all of that. And that's okay when you have a, 
you know, a strong back four, especially a strong centre half pairing. If there's that sort of weakness in your centre half, so they're not clearing the ball like a, a CCV and a Starfelt, uh, then the onus falls on Hart. Um, and he wasn't taking up that mantle. He has done more so in the last number of games. The, the, the thing about it, Joe, is he's making these saves. These are excellent saves, but the Celtic number one should be making these saves. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the saves that we need our goalkeeper to make, ideally, are the ones that are like absolutely worldies. Like, you know, they, they are the reverse of Kyogo, if you like just sensational save that you shouldn't necessarily be making. Um, that's the guy that wins you the games, as Jerry says. Um, now, what Joe has done recently stopped us losing games. Um, you know, by not, you know, he's doing he's doing his job well at the moment. He's he's not letting in obvious ones. He's saving the ones he should be saving. Um, he's too old, really, for you to be expecting him to pull out miracles. Um, but I think. I saw it was at Ewan Boy Martin there saying his family's still down south and um, so he'll be going back at the end of the season. I think there's a good chance Brendan would want to keep him um, because the only times, in our games, the only times he's ever really going to be exposed are in European games mm-hmm. uh, and where he is exposed. You know, it's clear. That's why we needed, you know, a new goalie. He, get, he can be very exposed in those games. Um, uh, because our defence, a lot of the time, uh, you know, does that job for him. Really leaves him in dry. So it's, uh, you know, in terms of in terms of what we do next year, I, I, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. That, you know, unless Joe wants to go, I said this during the week. Unless Joe wants to go, I think they might try and keep him. Uh, and I mean, where, where's he going to go? You know, and be for is he just going to retire? Because I know. I'd say he's, I'd say he's probably got another four years left in him at, at some level of football. You know, at the level we need him for, no. But are we just going to bring in a massive heavy hitter just for the the, the Champions League? We, I mean, we've already seen that our board would do that. You know, not not remotely. If they think they can, Joe Hart is good enough to win them the SPFL. Stick with Joe. You know, regardless of what we say. Uh, so they they already did it this year. Now, obviously, keepers are a very difficult position to fill as well. And for all the for all that we are thinking about, you know, our ideal keeper would be someone who can make you know top draw saves in Europe. You have to remember who we had before, Joe Hart. Yeah, uh, our attempt to do that. So, you know, what do you you know? Is it then you're taking a risk? You have to be brave in the transfer market and say that's our guy. But if you get it wrong, the keeper position, if you get that wrong, you, you've got nothing to build on. You know, yeah, yeah, you have to have solid foundations and you know, an experience there's a lot to be said for an experienced keeper. No, he's you know, he's not gonna get to the uh, the, the the top bin shot that's gonna in the corner. Um but you know, if he gets to if he gets to most of them and does his job, you know, because let's face it, we're a bane and seagrist in this. Because if Joe's doing nothing more than his job and he's not pulling out worldies, uh, how bad are they? I'm not getting a game, you know. Because uh, you know the expectations from them would be about the same. Do your job, don't make mistakes, um, you know. So it's, it's a it's a difficult one. I, I mean, are we absolutely convinced? I don't know about you guys. Are we convinced he's leaving? Well, I, I think that if we had some kind of succession planning, John, the best thing to do would be to keep him. I mean. I don't think you go from uh, Champions League football to nothing, you know, retiring. And there's a suggestion that he wants to end his career at Shrewsbury. Remember Larson wanted to go back to the wee team over in Sweden and play for a couple of seasons over there. And I get all that kind of side of the, the, the game. It's, it's kind of like um, the romantic side of the game. You go back, you play with your home side team and all that. But I do think that he's still got something to offer. And I would much rather have, for example, I would much rather be in a situation where Bain and Segris leave the club because they don't contribute. And if you're not contributing, just go, because you're an empty jersey and we're hemorrhaging money when it comes to the actual wages every single week. So they two guys can go. They're never, ever going to challenge for the first-team jersey. And Joe Hart should stay there. And uh, we bring in a new goalie. But Joe Hart is part of that process. He's part of the process of giving the goalie back up. Um, I'm not even saying a goalkeeper coach as such, 
But just to have that influence behind the scenes, I think it would be absolutely key. So I would be reluctant to let him go um, because I think that he's made a, a huge impression. And, and between now and the end of the season, I think he's going to be absolutely huge as well. Now, we actually we do have some familiar faces in the comment section. Jigsy <coughs> the poet. There he is. Look at him looking all poetic in the avatar. Looking all poetic there. Football is about entertainment. Paddy entertained. Are we talking about Paddy Sinnott? I've not seen him in a while. <laughs> Where are you, Paddy? You're meant to be here on Wednesday. Celtic don't at the moment. King Giggsy the Poet, Kevin Graham says, Celtic are not entertaining at the moment. Looking forward to tomorrow, though. Jerry, are we entertaining? Have you been entertained? No. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> the last time I felt entertained was Kyogo's goal against them. That's the time, the last time that I remember going, oh, amazing, brilliant, that's class. I don't rem- <laughs> Dear, dear no. Jerry, are you no. not entertained? Are you not? <laughs> that's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. Um, somebody should try and make a wee video of that, him doing that, and then we just go, no. Um, I don't, it's, it's not, but you're going to have, it's just, we know it's going to be one of those seasons. I said ages ago, this is going to, some of the hurdles will leap over, some of them will smash face first into it. It's going to be one of those seasons. It was never just going to be a sprint to the end. So I, I'm not expecting uh, much uh, much entertainment, just a lot of uh, getting myself out of trouble. But hey, Jimmy, sometimes these last-minute wins are fun. That's what I'm setting myself up for. I think it's going to be tough. There's not going to be much um, silky flowing football, I don't think, especially the tail end of the season when you've got all these other teams that have got so much to play for as well. So there'll be a, a few of them out for some scalps against us. So I'm here for it all, like I say. Yes, for it all. But I'm not entertained, no. I'll be entertained when we're lifting the two trophies. That's when I'll feel entertained and we can look back and go, it was never a brother last season. I don't know what we're all worried about. But I'll not be buying thing. the DVD, that's for sure. The DVD, aye, they still release DVDs. How incredible. They do that, that, is that What's happened to the VHSs? I've got them all on my shelf here. Samaras, yes, he was, Marcus. Oh, yeah. The definition of a cult hero. And I remember asking... Neil Lennon about uh, Samaras, and Lenny admitted, he goes, you know, you knew against the likes of Barcelona, you could count on George's Samaras, but he didn't fancy it against Ross, Ross County on a Tuesday night. It was that old cliche, and he was that type of player. He was one of the guys that the ball just stuck to him. Um, and I know I've only seen Ida a few times, but there was elements of that, you know, where he's able to hold the ball up, um, just, you know, the ball kind of drops to him, can catch it almost on his chest. I've seen a wee bit of that in Ida so far. Green Machine, the panic comes from the blue-nosed media. Who, who could it be meaning? I have no idea what you're talking about there. Uh, because Celtic are still top of the league after they fail to go top themselves. I did mention that yesterday. You know, you need to have that kind of metal. I think that's what Jerry was talking about. You've got to have that metal to when it's presented to you, i.e., there's your opportunity to go top of the league and you don't take it, or there's your Glasgow derby to go top of the league and you don't take it. I think that shows the metal of a winner. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, Robert Arbuckle, Rico Noni, another cult hero. Yeah, he was. Yeah, and is. And is. I remember, right? <laughs> this is me just uh, named Rotom all day today. Sorry, guys, right? But we done a gig with Rico, and it was in a boozer in Dundee. Right? Because these events, I love these events, because you, you have the beautiful theatres and all that, Jerry, right? Um, like Greenock in January. And then you've just got spitting sawdust boozers where there's like 50 Celtic fans in there and you're all having a good night. And we walked in, and um, the the build was Tosh McKinley and Rico Anoni. And Rico had flown in from Italy, right, with his interpreter. And uh, so me and Tosh arrived nice and early. I like to get my bearings and all that kind of stuff. And there was just that, you know, I'm not going to name the bar, just in case anybody, you know, works there or owns it that's in his comment section. But you'll know what bar I'm talking about. There was just that overriding kind of smell of, it was a strange dichotomy, kind of like... Um, Bleach, urine, and, and bevy. You know that kind of smell. You've, have you ever been in a pub where that's the kind of that's the formula that you, that you can smell? John knows what I'm talking about, right? And we're waiting there, 
me and Tosh, and we're going, when they're going to turn up and this and that, ah, he's coming with his interpreter and everything. Rico and Oni walks in. He's into motorbikes and all that now, right? He looks fit as a fiddle. He looks stunning, just like he did when he played with Celtic. He walks into this boozer, you know, the, the door opens and a wee bit of ray sunshine comes into this pub and there's Rico. And then in walks his interpreter, who looks as though she just walked off a Milanese catwalk, right? Beautiful stunt. It's Rico's daughter walking into this pub. And I'm like, oh my word. Right, it was like, you know, the train spot and toilet scene. She, walk, she walks up to Tosh and I and says, in perfect English, can you tell me where the toilet is? And I never had the heart to tell her because I just thought, welcome to Scotland, Ken, you know? So that was a strange night because Rico was speaking through his interpreter, but it was a great night. It was a fantastic night. And he is a cult hero. When asked about Brian Loudrop, you know, the, the famous Brian Loudrop performances, he says, when you've marked his brother, Ruth Hullet, Diego Maradona and Roberto Baggio, Brian Loudrop is easy to play against. That was his response. And you can imagine in that boozer, the response he got from that. You and Boy Martin's on holiday, but still tuning into Axon. No panic yet, but highly concerned and worried too, to be honest. Uh, Ewan is a realist. Ewan Martin is a realist. And uh, I, I get exactly what you're saying there. Hopefully you're having a good holiday, Ewan. Um, AJSC Tech, there was a whiff of panic after Aberdeen, let's be honest. But I think Rogers has quelled that after the St Mirren performance and his general relaxed demeanour. How big's Brendan going to be in the running? Chris, I think it's all down on him. I think the, the, the reason that we're going to win this league is down to Brendan Rodgers, the way that he's uh, able to quell that frustration, that worry, that concern, that panic that, that's been mentioned there. Um, how massive is he going to be to this whole equation? Yeah, well, listen, I think he took a, a big step towards it with the uh, with the system change in the game against St Mirren. Something we've you know, partially been crying out for for most of the season, probably. That um, you know by playing the two you know Kyogo and, and another forward up front in this case it was either I, I think that did a lot to get the fans on side and I think that the performance that came from that certainly for the first uh, sixty minutes it was so encouraging it was so refreshing to just see you know Kyogo getting more involved in the game and uh, you know we looked more comfortable McGregor had a you know looked much more comfortable in the middle of the park. Um, and, you know, we've said multiple times, like, it wasn't perfect. It didn't suddenly turn around and we, we got that entertainment, which we've just been speaking about. But we we got a degree of confidence, I think, from that. Um, and it did feel like, OK, maybe we're turning the corner. And we're all kind of fingers crossed that he's going to continue to do that. And he, he seems to be coming across these pressers that, that he is going to, um, he's going to try and continue or incorporate that system as much as possible. Um, but I think, yeah, between now and end of the season, for me, it's like every game's a cup final. Now, um, in the league, you know, we've, we've got to win. I, I don't think that the, the team across the water uh, is is really any better than us. In fact, I don't think they're as good as us, uh, if I'm being honest. But at the same time, I don't see them dropping too many points. Uh, you, you can tell they want this, right? The, the fans want this, the players want this, the manager. Can he stop talking about how, you know, how much they want this? Um, which is fine, that's their right, no, no issues with that. But for us, you know, we've, we've been in this situation before. We've got a manager who knows what it takes to win this league. Uh, he knows what it takes to finish ahead of them. He's going to have to put all of that into the players and get them then to represent that on the on the park. So yeah, for me, what he's doing in that dressing room before the match at half time um, and post match is, is going to be absolutely critical. It's mental mental strength. He can do whatever he wants tactically. He can do whatever he wants in terms of um, you know getting the guys fitness up. But it's, it's the mentality. It's the mentality to win. It's going to be so important. Yeah, I mean, John, you didn't hear him talking about tomato ketchup and all that kind of stuff, did you, Brendan no. Rodgers? He's quite cool in that respect. <laughs> I, I, I think, first of all, we are going to have to implement the, the new klaxon, which is every game's a cup final. Uh, <laughs> so, what else have they got? Roller coaster. Uh, that player's a Rolls Royce. Yeah. yeah. It's on the list. I, mean, I, 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 I certainly I, I said it on Wednesday, so I got away with it. You're, you're just too late to the party, Chris. Uh. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, do you know what? Um, maybe it's just because I'm in a better mood today because it's Friday. Um, but I'm buzzing for tomorrow's game. Yep. Look, I mean, I spend my time, and people on here know, and I take plenty of uh, pelters for it. I, you know, I take no prisoners uh, when it comes to the actual running of the club, uh, and I don't see why we should. And I think uh, what's done poorly should be pointed out. Uh, I I think the recruitment is a shambles. Uh, corporate governance is a shambles. 
um, the lack of vision as a shambles, uh, all of that, right? But at the end of the day, you know, I'm not just picking random PLCs to go around and criticise, you know, we're here to support Celtic. You know, we are, we are Celtic supporters. And right now, uh, we have prepared the klaxon. We have uh, <laughs> a lot of cup finals coming up, apparently. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm absolutely, um, I'm buzzing for tomorrow because, look, it is a genuine challenge. Should it be? No, of course not. Should we be anywhere near this? No, of course not. But let's just, for a minute, park that, right? Because there's only a couple of ways you can go through life and it's just constantly furious or just trying to look on the bright side. Now, I'm, I'm 80% constantly furious. Today, I'm trying to look on the bright side. You know, So, looking, looking on the bright side, I'm really looking forward to this running. You know, this, this is going to be really, really exciting. And as Chris says, you know, the... the um, the old sandwich fillers across the street there, they're not going to... <laughs> the league is really poor. The league is really, really poor. Uh, so they are not going to drop many points. Um, and it's, it's going to come down to... Yeah, you know, it's as simple as... It could be a draw-away... It could be a draw-away to nobody that loses you this league. You know, mm-hmm. we could beat Rangers twice... And they still get too many draws. And that's how they've caught with so far. We've just drawn too many games. And tomorrow is a real tough game. I mean, if you look in Comarnock's last 11, including us, six wins, four draws, one loss, and the loss was to Rangers. Mm-hmm. Right? So they are a good side by SPFL standards. They're sitting fourth just now. They are a good side. This is going to be a tough game. You know, and but we have to step up to the mark. We we have to show what it is to be, you know, a Celtic team under pressure, which is that we eat it up uh, and uh, no bother, uh, and we just get the job done. Uh, and we have enough guys in the team who are used to the pressure um, that you know we can uh, we can get this we can get this over the line. We can get it done. Should it be close? No, it shouldn't. Should it be, you know, squeaky bum time, as they say? No, it shouldn't. But that's the reality. This is where we are. So our only option is uh, to, you know, hope that the team have turned a corner, that this recent run uh, uh, of poor performances now turns into good performances and good wins. But realistically, you know, it could be down to you, you know we're saying it doesn't matter the you know the performance, it just matters the wins. But it actually might matter the performances because it could be goal difference, mm-hmm. you know, as it is already. So we need to be battering teams that you know we, we can't be we can't go the way we've gone in the last number of games. It's squeaking wins against bottom of the table teams. Can't have that. We need to be smashing them, you know. So I look, you know, I'm right up for it. Can't wait until tomorrow, uh, and uh, happy days. So we'll, we'll get in there, we'll batter Kilmarnock, we'll go away home, we'll still be top of the table. I'll be a happy chappy. John, I think you make a good point because um, let's you know move forward and imagine the last day of the season and it's still neck and neck. And with regards to the goals, I don't think we'll get an additional 17 minutes to score the extra goal that we need. Um, and that's obviously going to become a problem if we don't smash a few of these teams between now and the end of the season. Uh, Matt McNally, was he a cult hero? I remember he started wearing a headband like the 118 guys before they even existed. He, was, he used to wear one of the white John McEnroe headbands because he had grown his hair. It was a strange kind of look at the time, but Matt McNally apparently is still into the old coaching with the SFA. Um on very late, says Danny Boy. Who's the guy top? Right, listen, I could throw that out to the comments, but a lot of people, a lot of people might give you a false representation, Danny, of our very own Chris McElwain, also known as Double Denim. Uh, you might have seen him in the comments section. And Brown Warrior, uh, Michael Loudrop was twice the player and some. He was. You know, Brian Loudrop was the third <clears throat> best player in his house because his old fella was also a Danish internationalist. But I've got to say, like, I, I really do, I'll hold my hands up, 
Um, in all my years watching Celtic um, against Rangers and their predecessors uh, who played out at Ibrox, I think Brian Loudrop had class. I think he was a classy player. I think even now, when you see him getting interviewed, he's very balanced. I, I can't dislike him, other than the fact that he played with Rangers. I thought he was a guy that I, I can't speak for any other Celtic fan. I respected him as a player, and I think he came across really well as well. But yes, he was the third best player in his house. Um, five and a half prediction, that's what we want. Um, Jerry, I'm going to ask you about your namesake, Greg. He's coming back into the side, hopefully tomorrow at left back. And he's one of the guys that, um, you know, absence has made the heart grow a wee bit fonder with Greg Taylor. He's not had the best season, but he was coming on to a bit of form, wasn't he, when he got injured? And we have missed him, I think. Yeah, we've definitely missed him. Definitely. He's a mentality as well. Like you were said on the show last time, he's a wee Jack Russell that's nipping away at everyone, making sure that nobody can uh, dips in form. He's been a loss. I was more, I think just before he got injured, I was really vocal about wanting him dropped. Um, but obviously we didn't have anyone to drop him for. Now, I did want to see Burnaby get a run out. I don't want to see that happen again <laughs> much. Um, it's your I'm not a fan of the boy at left back. I think he, I think he <laughs> might get him as a mini version of a cult hero, a cult uh, player, not a hero. Just a wee mini version, just with some of the goals that he's scored and his antics off the field. But with Greg Taylor coming back, I think do you know what? There's been a lot of pressure on Greg Taylor from the moment he came into the club. Like it was like he was not good enough, and then all of a sudden, oh, he is good enough. He's great, and now he's not good enough again. I'm, I'm the uh, guilty for that. But I think maybe this little rest, given his time, the time ahead to settle and then come back chomping at the bit, it might be. And I know I hate saying this because we can we ban this one as well. But like having a new signing because Hitati's been like a new signing five times this season. So I just. It would be good to get him back in. When I, I don't know. I just think he's got that that drive, something that we need. I hopefully it proves me wrong because I was wanting him out again. So the issue with Greg, isn't it? I mean, his his defensive weakness, and yeah. you know they're just they're just targeting him uh, at the back post. But if you're looking for Bernabe to sort that out, you're looking at the wrong man entirely. Uh, so you know, I I don't think Bernabe knows what to do once he gets in the uh, on the defensive side of the halfway line. He just you know wanders about the place. But look, and as I said Wednesday, you should listen to Alan Morrison's dissection of his stats. It's absolutely hilarious. You know, he is either the best or the worst in the department and the team. Really? And it's genuinely funny. Aye. Oh, he's just hilarious. All in, all in uh, one game. You know, all in one oh. game. Oh, in one game? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's, it's like, you know, the, the, the most the most, uh, the most most balls won back, the most balls lost, the most ball. You know, it, it's, it's just, it's just it's bizarre. He one hand and keeps the other. Yeah, no, he's, he's just a bizarre player. But, you know, Greg Taylor, uh, what he does offer you is a very, very solid backup in the midfield. So Greg, Greg Taylor's actually a very good midfielder. You know, and in another life, I think that's probably where he preferred to play. Uh, but again, so many people now know that they can target him at you know the, the back post and left back, and we, we're already weak uh, at, uh, defensively. But that is assuming that we have a you know our normal you know back four. If it was Greg Taylor or the guy they were supposed to buy in January, then fine. You know, if it's Greg Taylor or Bernabe, then it's Greg Taylor every day. All day, no question, you know. So, uh, and by the way, can I just say about Samaras? There, there, there's the um, there's the thing we're talking about cult hero. I don't think Samaras is a cult hero. Samaras was a, just a hero. Do you know what I mean? He was just an inconsistent player. I don't think there was any cult about it. He was just, you know, he was brilliant a, a, a lot of the time, uh, and uh, he wasn't great in some other games. I don't, I don't think that makes him a cult hero. He was, he was a top player for us. You know, so I, I, I would I would disagree with that assessment, boss. Sorry, boss. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You're forgetting the definition of a cult there. Um, did anyone else think Samaras? Was it just me? Did anyone think Samaras looked like Freddie Mercury from the Bohemian Rhapsody? Oh, he did. He, he, did. Yeah, he, he did. And by the way, if you look yeah. at, um, going a, a wee bit further back, Chris Sutton's goal mm-hmm. celebration, and I've asked him a, a couple of times, he's quite coy about it, was definitely a Freddie Mercury um, gesture. 
Freddie Mercury did this. You know that thing where just watch it back. I'm not going to. I'm not going to uh, give you an example of it. Chris Sutton for a spell did this particular goal celebration, and it was because he liked Queen. Absolutely, it's a Freddie Mercuryism. Um, I'm going to bring up some of the comments coming up uh, here. I'm going to ask you first, though, Chris. Right? Point yeah. I made the other day. In fact, yesterday was the Greg Taylor thing. Jerry pointed it out. It's almost as if he's been trying to prove himself. Everybody has to prove themselves at Celtic. But it's almost as if he's been up against it since we signed him. And I don't know if it comes into this um, inability for us to look at a player who is maybe signed from the Premiership as being good enough, right? Um, And I was looking at that squad. You're talking, John, earlier about how how good Kilmanic are under McInnes. The league doesn't lie. That form doesn't lie. The last time there was maybe as good as that was under Stevie Clark, who went away and obviously built a, a really good Scotland international side. But I was looking at the kind of, for me, the best players in that side, the best homegrown players. Andy Robertson started his career at Queen's Park. Um, Kieran Tierney started it, obviously, at Celtic. And John McGinn at St Mirren. Very unfashionable kind of starts to their life, maybe other than Kieran Tierney. Uh, but we do tend to turn our nose up. You know, you're signing this wee guy for Kilmarnock. Um, famous maybe just for half in Joey Barton in one of his very few games for Rangers. Is that sometimes the situation they're up against it a wee bit more because they don't have some kind of like sexy name from the other side of the world? I think so. I think, I think there's an element of that. Um, I mean, Taylor was up against it in two fronts. I mean, you had that element where, you know, we're signing a Scottish player from our own domestic league. Um, but also he was coming in, I think, in kind of perceived as, uh, you know, the replacement for Kieran Tierney, who obviously was beloved by the Celtic fans. And, you know, as you say, is probably one of the one of the three top players to come out of, uh, you know, Scotland and one on times and, and go play down south. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think he was... He definitely came in with a lot that he had to prove. Absolutely none of it was his fault, um, you know. And, he, and he's, you know, he's a solid, he's a solid player, right? I mean, he's he, he's got issues. I mean, I, I, you know, like Jerry's the goalkeepers union and the short guys union, right? Being being you know himself, you know. So I, I, I've got a bit of sympathy for him. It's not his fault that he sometimes gets targeted by six foot three, six foot four strikers. Right? I mean, I had no chance. I'd, even if I could play football, I'd have no chance at defending. Uh, so I've got a wee degree of sympathy for for some of what Greg Taylor gets gets criticised for, um, but yeah, I mean he, he had a tough act to follow coming in, and he's he's fighting against this perception that uh, you know we we don't rate our league well enough sometimes I, I think particularly when it comes to signing signing players and when you look at some of the players we have produced as you say you know McGinn um, Robertson and you know who, who's had a better career than, than Andy Robertson in, in modern times you know what he's achieved at uh, Liverpool and, 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 and KT yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, you know KT as well I mean look for all his injury troubles you know moved to one of the top teams in England and he's he's you know between injuries he's actually been I believe doing pretty well out of Sociedad so um I think, you know, we shouldn't be afraid to look at players within our own league. You know, if a player is shown that talent, it's sometimes it's about giving them the opportunity and nurturing it. I think one of the issues with Greg Taylor since he's come in, he's not had a lot of competition in that, in, in that position. You know, I mean, he, he had a great run under Ange and he was playing well and, you know, he was you know playing a particular role that really, really worked for him and we were getting some cracking performances. And now under Brendan, he's kind of gone back to where he was when he first joined, you know, no really having the same impact on games and, you know, leaving us a little bit vulnerable defensively. And I don't think it's all down to him, you know, there's been various factors there. But I think, you know, if we could just get someone to push him uh, and maybe someone that uh, would bring someone in that does address some of those defensive, uh, you know, defensive frailties, you know, get someone taller, um, maybe a bit more physical, maybe a bit more defensively minded. Um, then you know when we're trying to hold games, we're trying to trying to close games out. Maybe there's a good player to come in there and, and you know take a bit of heat off a off a Greg. But I totally agree with John. I think at the moment um, he is absolutely by far and away our, our first choice at, at left back. Um, and ideally, we'll bring someone in either to you know play you know rotate him with or play play ahead of him or, or, or be a really strong backup. And maybe that'll push Greg to to up his game to up his game. Yeah. But yeah. I, 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 I think you're right. I think, you know, the fact he's been out, um, we, we've kind of, you know, we're looking at him through kind of green tinted specs a little bit and, and saying, come on back, Greg, all is forgiven. And you know what will happen, it'll take one iffy performance and, and we'll be right on his back again. But I hope he can come back and, and play, play at a really good level. 
But I mean, the, 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 the old, the, 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 the actual formation, if we were playing a 4 2 3 1 with inverting fullbacks, uh, then, you know, that could sit them down to the ground. Um, yeah. and, and it would mean we wouldn't necessarily be an overrun in the midfield, which is a big issue about playing, playing just the two good boys in the midfield. Yeah. And that may open things up for us. Uh, not that I'm a coach, but I'm sure Brendan Rogers has, has considered these things. Um, but again, uh, can I just ask, what do you think he's going to do? Sorry, Paul John, jump in there. What do you, what do you think he's going to do uh, tomorrow? Do you think he's going to go the 4 2 3 1 again, 4 4 2 in defence? Do, do you think that's the formation, or do you think he's going to revert to 4 3 3? I'm, I'm dreading the fact that I think there's a strong possibility that he reverts to 4 3 3. You know, I think he will, and and it's down to the words after the game, uh, you know, and his, and his pressers, and he was talking about the change in shape just being an, an option, and I, I just got the feeling, John, he's going to use it in-game. I think he's going to make the change more in-game, he's going to set up in that predictable style and hope that we get the job done, and if not, he's got that change up his sleeve. The thing is, though, if you're making the change, you're going to have to make a sub, because you need to bring on another striker. He's not going to start... Uh, with his normal shape um, and and play Kyogo deeper, is he? Is he? I mean, if he did that and he played Kyogo as a as a kind of ten, making those runs from from deeper, then I think it would work. But tomorrow, you know, it might get to the point where he ends up going back to the bench, and I, and I think it's almost a unceremonious dropping, but it's just more to the shape than than the personnel. So, John, I, I do I think he'll go back to the tried and tested, and he'll have that up his sleeve on the bench if he needs it. But he, he is, he's overcautious, he's, he's predictable at times in that respect. Um, and by the way, there's loads more lookalikes coming in for you. Sorry, Chris, I don't know what I've done here. I what? really am sorry. Peter King, King is looking forward to t- taking a seat tomorrow. It's a must win. It is, it's like a cup final, Peter, seriously. And uh, you and boy Martin, apparently there was this rumour that uh, Samaras <laughs> likes 40 cigarettes a day. The, the, the more bizarre thing, um, I think that came from the fact that somebody interviewed him once and said he, sm- he smelt like a packet of Benson and Hedges. But Samaras got done for speeding in Cowden Beef. Don't ask me what he was doing in Cowden Beef. It wasn't in a match day where we were playing in Fife. Who knows? Maybe he had a snooze <laughs> kind of <laughs> distribution um, outlet over in Fife way. But there we go. Paul Byrne, cult hero. You've played with him, Jerry. I was just, one. can I name drop here? I, I was just speaking with Paul yesterday on Facebook. Right. He's my pal yeah. now. Right. He's coming in March. He wants to come back on the show. Good on man. Show. What about Rudy? Is he your pal? I'm scared of Rudy. DMing you. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, Jason, we're just going to run through a few of the lookalikes for you just to get it out into the open, Chris. <laughs> um, we've got George Michael. Listen, you'll take that all day long. Jamie Oliver <laughs> and Rick Astor. There you go. I mean, it, you, you obviously. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Listen, I can't look at my phone after yesterday because of the sky. I'm, I'm deflecting a wee bit of that onto you. Sorry. I, I just, you know, I, for the old guys, can I just say the phones? Uh, oh, yeah. You know, oh, I. Asking back a while. I love the phones. I love. What was the guy's name? Henry Winkler. Was it Henry yeah, Winkler? Henry, Win- Henry Winkler is, has a resurgence in his acting career. He is in a show called Barry uh, about an assassin, and he won all sorts of awards for it. Uh, and the, the guy that was uh, um, the main, the lead in the show was a, uh, a comedian. Uh, and it's an absolutely sensational show if you haven't seen it. Uh, I think he's Barry <laughs> I thought Henry Winkler died. Ponzi no, no. still lives, man. Ponzi no, lives. No, no, no. no. Well, we'll ask well, him. Do you, know what? do you know, I've thought he's been dead for about two years. It must have been one of those fake posts. Oh, fuck. No. I, I prayed for him. And I'm raging. I prayed for him. So you did. But here we go. Still 88 from signing Kelleher to offering Joe Hart a new contract in less than 30 days. Yeah. Um, the, the thing is, I would, I would do both. Maybe not necessarily Keller. I think Liverpool wanted about twenty million for him. I would do both. I'd keep him and I'd sign somebody that can come in and be tutored by him. You know that kind of uh, apprentice, if you like, and probably not play as many games, Joe Hart. But he would be there. He'd be on the bench. He'd be giving you that influence. And I think he would definitely be one of the wages for someone who's not contributing as much. 
it, where it would be worthwhile. Um, and sorry, Jerry, I called it a dichotomy. You, you're telling me it's a trichotomy. See the things you learn on Axon? Unbelievable. There is no wiggle room for error. There is no wiggle room for error. Absolutely. Is Jerry, that, that, as I'm saying, are you in a Hamilton mausoleum? What's with the echo? Is that his work? Is that his work? It does look a bit mausoleum. Can you know there's a piano there somewhere? Oh, oh. Players, players are we rendition of Grace. Come on. Um, he's, at, he's at his work as a pilot. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Aviator, oh, you get away. Is that, is that it? <laughs> you get away with nothing, by the way. And and Axon is not an echo chamber. Uh, obviously, I send the script to all the contributors thirty minutes before the show. Uh, AGSC Maida probably is one of the cult heroes of today's. I think you know because he's much maligned. He can do something incredibly good, and he can hit the Green Brigade with a shot all in the one game. Um, and that's for me the definition of a cult hero. Somebody who's brilliant and rubbish all at the same time. Um, and I'm please don't have a go at me for call made a rubbish. He'd be in my starting 11 every single week, talking to which, Chris, who plays on the wings? Um, so I think uh, Brendan Rodgers wanted to sign Daniel Podence, didn't he, uh, from, from Wolves? That was the guy he wanted. Um, and he got Yang, Tilio and Palmer. Palmer seems to be the one that's getting the, the nod more often than not. Do you play him and Maida on the wings? Well, I think uh, I, I think Maeda is definite, right? So I think that's that's an easy one. Um, I, I just what he brings to to the overall, um, you know, the overall team strategy. I think you know with his defensive cover, um, I think is you know invaluable. I just don't think we've got another player who can do that at the moment. So Maeda would would start for me. Um, it's the other side that we've had the, the huge problem about. I mean, I've criticised Palmer, um, you know, on on a couple of occasions uh, because I think he's decision making. I think he's lack of pace, um, and um, it's you know his work ethic, you know, are not where I'd like it to be. Um, there's definitely ability there, but then you look, you know, involved in two goals um, last weekend, uh, yeah. and you know, the, the stats don't lie. Um, so probably another claxon alert there, but the yeah, so, so I, I don't. Um, I don't, I, in one sense, you're kind of like, well, he's doing enough to, you know, he's having enough of a meaningful con- uh, contribution to the games um, in terms of assists and being involved in the in the build up to goals. Um, I probably have to say at the moment it's, it's his jersey to lose. Um, I thought Yang, when he came on, actually looked relatively decent uh, when he came on, just lacking that end product. But, you know, the ability to come on and run and beat three players. If they could just, you know, try and trip over the ball by the time he gets into the box, you know, we'd have a, we'd have a player there. But, um, yeah, so I, I think there's options to come off the bench if it's not happening for Palmer. But for me, Palmer would be the, uh, he'd be the first choice. I think with Yang, when, when he's working on instinct, he's brilliant. And then the yeah. minute he's got a wee moment to think and, and if he's just, got a few options, he often sure. chooses the wrong one. Um, Jerry N, us spending 20 million on a goalie is insanity. I don't think we ever would. I, I honestly don't. I think... We've been spooked by the Ayeti or Ajeti rather and Barkas uh, signings, and we'll only shell out anything more than five million if we've already had them in on loan for a season. I think that's basically the way we're going to operate now. Uh, Bobo and Bratback are as cult as you get, absolutely. And what about this? If you know, you know. Strange love the doctor. Axon talking about the phones is surely oh, jumping. I was going to say, I was going to say, that is absolutely tremendous. Absolutely brilliant. Um, I want a wee prediction for you guys for tomorrow. Um, I'll start with yourself, John Hughes. A prediction Celtic versus Kilmarnock 3 1. 3 1 Celtic. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. I do think they'll, they'll come out and give us a, a tough afternoon of it, Jerry. What do you getting reckon? Beat by them once is bad. Getting beat by them twice is terrible. So three times ain't going to happen. I'm going for 4 0 Celtic. We're not going to lose a goal. Nice 4 0. Chris. 4 0. What do you reckon? I'm probably, I'm probably, you know, sorry, Jerry, I'm probably with John on this. I still think we're a wee bit vulnerable at the back. Um, but 3 uh, 1. I think 3 1 Celtic. I'm going to agree with 3 1. We're no gang oh, up. All three of you, are you, Zai? Oh, look at this. Is this because I was late on to the show? You all, all agreed exactly what the score was going to be at the end. And by the way, can I say this just before we go? I don't know if you've spoken about it. Did you hear what Neil Warnock said about Miofsky? No, not after that. Best he's ever worked with in his career. <laughs> yeah, but it's Neil Warnock. He's only been there five days. I, he and says he's the best striker he's worked with in training in 
He's history as a manager, right? Now, he's either just trying to get a right good transfer for him now, he's been told to say it, or there's some truth in that. Um, don't want to finish on a negative, but I wish we'd bought him, boys. Yeah, I, I think it would have been a good, a good bit of business. Maybe we'll go back in in the summer. Can we just say the, the final cult hero, the most cult of all cult heroes, in fact, whose clips have now, uh, are now constantly coming up in my TikTok, Gravison. Oh yes, uh, uh, yeah, and uh, there, there can be no more cult hero than that—a uh, a lunatic who's inspired his own genre of football stories. Know. You know, there, there's just there's so many stories about him. It's ridiculous. Uh, and he does it. seem to be genuinely mental. It's John, a strange show, isn't it? Do you know what his job is now? Do you know he's the number two in the world at Call of Duty on Xbox? He goes to Vegas and plays number two in the world. Really? Wow. Aye, he's mental. <laughs> I, I think, remember like when the Osbournes was a thing and it was like the fly on the wall uh, kind of documentary reality TV thing. I think the Gravisons would be good. There you go. Let's pitch that one at uh, our production team. Listen, thanks every single one of you for getting involved here on the Friday afternoon. Um, it was a great lineup. I've got to say a thousand strong on this Friday bulletin. Thank you all for getting involved. Give us a thumbs up on the video. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already and come along and see a cult hero where Kenny going all over Scotland um, with Paddy McCourt. We're going to be in Glasgow, Grangemouth, Oban, Fort William and Inverness with Paddy. And you can all sing the song. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. Thank you to Chris, Jerry, and John for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus.